You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Isn't that a great question? Yeah, awesome question. And it's great news because the war with sin, all of the consequences, it is over. Christ won the victory over sin, over death, uh, his uh, death on the cross, and then he proved that the war was over when he victoriously rose from the dead. So his victory over sin and death becomes our victory over sin and death when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to share a few verses with you that I've been kind of really mulling over these last few weeks from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and beginning with verse 16. And there Paul writes these words. He said that he, in reference to God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and death, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That's a mouthful. I don't know about you, but when I read that or I hear those words, I get really, really excited. I want that for my life. I want that for your life. In these last few weeks, we've kind of been really kind of focusing on and, and touching on again just the beauty, the benefits, the blessings of having the Holy Spirit alive and dwelling within us. Paul has a lot to say concerning the power, the role, the place of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul says this, to whom God willed to make known. It's knowable, he's saying. God has decreed it. He's willed it to make it known. What? is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? He says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now Paul's saying when the Holy Spirit lives and dwells on the inside of us, God willed, he decreed, that the way he would reveal himself to us, his glory to us, the way God would make his glory known, the riches of his glory known to us, so that we could truly come to know him, would be by the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us. Now hear me when I say this, it is impossible 
to know God the way God desires to be known by us without the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. When God opens the eyes of your heart, we talked about that last week. Some of you had that prayed over you last week in our ministry time. When God opens the eyes of your heart or he enlightens your heart, and that is where the the light of his glory begins to shine on the darkness of our heart and, and, and that light of Christ begins to dispel, to disperse that darkness that the enemy is so intent on deceiving you with. So when he opens the eyes of your heart or he enlightens, he shines and sheds his glorious light on those places of our heart and our spirit with the intention of illuminating us in truth. When he does that, he does that by dwelling inside of you so that the light that is coming within you, that is the indwelling and the power of the Holy Spirit. What God desires to open your eyes, my eyes to, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us is the riches and hope of his glory. That's what he wants you to see, that's what he wants you to know is the riches of his glory. What is the hope? That word glory in the Greek word is doxa, and as it relates to God, it simply means, when we talk about the glory of the Lord, what does that mean? What that means is that is a true apprehension of God. It is where we come to that place where we begin to apprehend God in his unchanging essence and nature. It's where we kind of see that and we begin to recognize and see and know God as he truly is in all of his absolute perfection. That's glory. Doxa or glory, it's where we embrace, we acknowledge, we recognize all that is excellent and praiseworthy and perfect in God's divine nature and coinciding with his self-revelation. In other words, whatever God reveals to us, that self-revelation of God, from God, to us, whatever God reveals of himself to us, that is his glory. God has decreed, he has willed from the foundations of the earth that as his glory, and again, as his absolute perfection, as his true essence, being, nature is revealed to us as God begins to shine that light of truth within us through the Holy Spirit, that revelation of God, whatever God is showing us, will transform us, the scripture says, from glory to glory. From glory as it exists there in the nature and essence and being of God to our glory. This is kind of what Paul's getting at 
in 2 Corinthians 18. He said, but we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory. Now again, that is the absolute, infinite perfection of who God is. As we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed, changed, shaped into the same image from glory to glory. Just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now this is, and this is going to sound a little theological here. I apologize for that on the upfront. I'll get to simpler easier application of this, but you gotta understand how God's transforming you. You've got to understand how is it that God is going to change you from one degree of glory to an even deeper degree of glory. So as we behold, as we look upon, we contemplate, we meditate, we think on the self-revelation that God gives to us through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. That's that spirit to spirit revelation. His spirit to our spirit. As that is occurring and God is revealing himself to us in all of his glory, that will begin to transform us. It will begin to change us into the very image we are beholding. When you and I, when you look upon, you contemplate, you're meditating, you're looking into the absolute, infinite perfection of God's righteousness as he himself reveals his righteousness to us. Whatever aspect he reveals to us of his righteousness, that is a part of his glory. As the Holy Spirit within you and I opens the eyes of our hearts. And that's, that's how it happens. It's the Holy Spirit working, living, dwelling inside of you. As the eyes of our heart are open, as again the light of the truth of the gospel begins to shine in those dark places within us. And, and it can be concerning his righteousness, any aspect of God's glory, his being, his essence, his character, his attributes, whatever you want to call that. As the Holy Spirit begins to open the eyes of your heart to that self-revelation of himself as righteousness, you will begin to be changed and become righteous just as he is. You cannot know anything of God, his divine nature, his absolute perfection with your carnal minds. It's impossible. As a matter of fact, when you try to apprehend God, you try to understand God, you try to embrace God with your carnal mind alone, apart from the spirit of God living within you, you will only end up with a God created in your own image. In other words, an idol. Only God can and does 
He longs to reveal himself to us in his true being, his true nature, his true essence. God wants to reveal himself to us. And he has willed, he has decreed, he has said, here is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put that inside of you that you can hear my voice. And whatever God reveals of himself to us through the Holy Spirit living within us, this is called his glory. What makes God's glory so rich, the the scriptures talk about, is that it is both infinite and multifaceted. It is comprised, it is made up of all that God is, and there's no limit to God. So when God reveals himself to us as a loving God, that is a dimension of his glory. It's part of what makes up the glory of God. It's not his whole glory. It's not his complete glory. But it is a part of the whole that makes up his glory. When God reveals himself to you and I as a merciful God, Okay, that mercy is another aspect, it's another dimension of his glory. It's not his complete glory in and of itself, rather a part of the whole of his glory. So the riches that Paul is referring to there in Colossians and Ephesians is again this inexhaustible, meaning there's no end to this. No matter how much God reveals of himself to us, it's always just the beginning because there is no end to God. He is infinite. So the riches of God's glory that Paul is referring to there in Colossians and Ephesians is God's inexhaustible self-revelation of himself to us. As the eyes of our hearts are open, again, as they are enlightened to that revelation of God himself to us through the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, as we are transformed into the very image we are beholding. This is how God brings about change in our lives. So as we behold God's holiness again, again, by the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, we will become more holy just as God is. As we behold God's faithfulness again through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, opening the eyes of our heart to that revelation, we will become more faithful because as we're beholding his faithfulness, As the Holy Spirit opens your eyes again, you're gonna be changed by what you are beholding. So you will become more faithful just as he is. As we behold God's kindness through the indwelling Holy Spirit within us, we will just become more kind just as God is. That's the purpose behind God revealing himself to us is so that we can be transformed, that we can be changed and become more and more like him. And he has given us the Holy Spirit living, alive, dwelling, flowing within you 
as the way in which he will reveal himself to us and also transform us, making us more and more like himself. So going back to Ephesians 3.16, there Paul says that he, God, would grant you according to the riches of his glory, absolute, infinite perfection, as God himself reveals it to me. Now, what is the benefit? What is the blessing of being strengthened with the power of his Holy Spirit in your inner person? Paul says, so that. Look at that. To be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man, your inner person, your inner spirit. What is the result of that? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. It means you begin to understand with all the believers. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses our greatest knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now God's love or agape as that word is in the Greek, God's love, it is a part of the riches of his glory. It is a part of the essence of God's being. God is love. And God is the absolute perfection and manifestation of agape love. So as God reveals himself to you and to me as a loving God, through the Holy Spirit living and dwelling within us as the eyes of our heart are open and enlightened to his revelation of himself to us as agape love, we become more and more loving just as he is. This is the pathway of transformation the more self-revelation God gives to us concerning his love, the deeper the revelation of his love goes into our hearts. In other words, the more rooted and grounded we become in his love. As God begins to reveal deeper revelations of his love to our hearts through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit, one of the benefits of that is you are gonna begin to understand, to comprehend, to see, again, the breadth, the length, the height, the depth of his love for you and for others. With each revelation of God's glory, be that his love, his mercy, his goodness, his kindness, his holiness, his righteousness, with each revelation of the glory of God, the richness of his glory, we are being filled with more and more and more of the fullness of God. That's the theological part of it. Let me kind of shift into a more practical application. 1 Corinthians 13 is a chapter in the Bible many rightly so call the love chapter. 
One interesting side note is the chapter leading up to that love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, which is 1 Corinthians 12, it is a chapter where Paul kind of begins to deal with and he unpacks all of the various spiritual gifts, what they mean, how they're designed to function within the body. And again, they're for the purpose of serving one another. Your spiritual gift, my spiritual gift is for the building up, the edifying of the body of Christ to equip you in your walk and in your service to one another and to God. And so Paul takes a whole chapter and he just kind of just begins to talk about, here are all of these various gifts. Uh, Every one of you have at least one. Some of you have more than that. And I just want you to understand the importance of them. And I want you to begin to use them to serve one another and again to build up the body of Christ. Now as Paul goes through that whole chapter 12, And again, he he is uh, just talking about the importance, the function of the various spiritual gifts within the body of believers. I love how he ends chapter 12. It's kind of like he's just painting this wonderful picture of all of these excellent and awesome gifts and how they're designed to function in the body and and the, the effects of that in the body of Christ. He says, now let me show you a more excellent way. And then he launches into 1 Corinthians 13. It's almost as if Paul is kind of saying, as great, as awesome, as wonderful as the spiritual gifts are, let me show you something more excellent than those. One of the most common settings we often hear the words from 1 Corinthians 13 is weddings, right? And that would make sense to us. It's a wedding. Weddings are about love, or they should be. What better portion of Scripture to use than a whole chapter on love. However, it is important to know the word love there found in 1 Corinthians 13 is not the kind of love we usually, or at least liken to a wedding. The kind of love Paul's referring to there in 1 Corinthians 13 is not married love or even human love. The word Paul uses in the original Greek is the word agape. That word agape in the Greek, it means the kind of love that God is. It's the kind of love that makes up the being and the essence of love. It's the kind of love God expresses and manifests to mankind. Agape, it it is selfless, sacrificial unconditional love it as a matter of fact is the highest it is the purest form of the four types of love the bible talks about in the bible agape love it is a sacrificial love that voluntarily suffers inconvenience discomfort and even death for the benefit of another without expecting anything in return. John 15, Jim alluded to this in his prayer this morning, gives us an example of the kind of agape love that is selfless, that is sacrificial, that is unconditional. And there Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. 
This kind of love, agape, again, it is the highest, it is the purest, it is the most noble expression of love, and it is the same expression of love that God wants to root and ground us in so that we are able to love as he loves, as he transforms us by that revelation of him being a loving God that begins to transform us and to make us more and more like him, to love as he loves. Agape love also involves God doing what he knows is best for you and I. God doing what he knows is best for mankind and not necessarily what we deserve or desire. An example of this form of agape love is John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? Not what mankind wanted, but what we needed, a savior. Not what we deserved, judgment and punishment, but rather he gives us forgiveness through the shed blood of Christ. This is the kind of love that Paul's referring to there in, in 1 Corinthians 13. And he said, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love or agape others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And he said, you know, talking about those spiritual gifts, if I had the gift of prophecy... And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, he said, you know what? If I had the kind of faith that could move mountains but did not love agape others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even offered my body to be sacrificed, I could boast about it, I could brag about it, Aren't I a great guy? Aren't I a nice guy? Look what I did for you. I can boast about it, but if I didn't love agape others, I would gain nothing. Do you realize Jesus himself could have done all that he did in his three and a half years of ministry upon this earth, and if he did not possess and express agape love, all of it would have been for nothing. His death upon the cross, the shedding of his blood, all of that would have been in vain without agape love. This may be kind of at the root of that statement in Matthew 7 where Jesus is talking about how we will know people by their fruits. In verse 21, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Oh God, did we not just flow in the spiritual gifts you talked about there in 1 Corinthians 12? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not heal? And in your name perform many miracles, the gift of miracles which Paul talks about there in 1 Corinthians 12. And then Jesus says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice 
lawlessness. Now again, Paul's very, very clear that we can prophesy and you can prophesy in Jesus' name. You can heal. You can heal in Jesus' name. You can cast out demons and you can do it in the name of Jesus. But if it is without love, it is nothing. It is of no value. Could this partially or maybe even Holy be the issue that Jesus is speaking to there in Matthew 7. People doing great works in his name, but without agape love. And because of that lack or absence of agape love, Jesus doesn't know them. He doesn't recognize anything they've done. Paul continues on in verse four and he's describing, again, this expression of agape love. He says, love, agape, it is patient and kind. Love, agape, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rather it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. As we sang this morning in worship, it never loses faith. It is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Again, this is the essence of love that is and flows from God's very being. This, again, is the highest, it is the purest, it is the most noble expression of love. And this is the love God wants to root and to ground you in. This, folks, this is love in action. This is what agape love looks like lived out of an overflow through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, living, dwelling, and expressing himself inside of you. Verse eight continues, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless. Again, he's referring back to what he talked about there in chapter 12. But love, agape, will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. He says, when I was a child, I thought, I spoke, I reasoned, I lived, I talked like a child. But when I grew up, I put away the childish things. Now we see imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I now know is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. The greatest, the highest, the purest of these is love, agape. Jesus says, as a matter of fact, one of the ways you'll know that they are my disciples is the way they love, they agape one another. God wants to deepen us. He wants to mature us. He wants to root and he wants to ground us in his way of loving, his way of expressing agape, his way of living out this agape love. Now the reality is, and I'll, I'll throw myself in on this one, 
First and foremost, I'll use myself as the greatest example. Some of us are very immature and childish when it comes to expressing aspects of this kind of love. I don't say that to be judgmental. I'm not saying that to condemn anyone. As a matter of fact, you look through that list that Paul gives there in 1 Corinthians 13, and there may be some areas of that where where you're just, you know, you look at your own life and, and you know you're doing very well in living out that aspect of agape love. And you look at other areas and you kind of see yourself where you're kind of lacking or maybe struggling. That's probably a reality for every one of us in this room. Some of us here may see yourselves as very kind. I'm very patient. But when it comes to keeping a list of the wrongs that people have committed against me, oh my gosh, my my notebook is full. God's desire, his hope. As a matter of fact, it's such a strong desire and a hope that he's willed it, he's decreed it. That he wants the Holy Spirit to begin to come in and to open the eyes of our heart. He wants to give us a revelation of his love. And as we behold that, as we look upon that, as we focus on that, that will begin to change us, that we're gonna begin to love more like God loves And that we'll come to that place where Paul says in Ephesians 3.18, we'll be able to comprehend. We're going to begin to get a grasp on this. We're going to begin to understand with all other believers what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ. That word know, it's intimate. God wants you to intimately know his love that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. God wants to bring each of us to a place where the fullness of God's agape love in our lives becomes richer, deeper, and fuller expressions of his love. One of the benefits of this is, man, it will make you better moms, better dads, better neighbors, better employees, better witnesses of the power of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit flowing and overflowing in your lives. Let me just conclude with this challenge. There is breath There's length, there's height and depth to God's love that is infinite. What I mean by that is it knows no end. God's love has no boundaries. You cannot exhaust it. With every revelation of God's agape love, we behold, God will always take you to a deeper place in that revelation. The wonderful news this morning is no matter where you are at in that process, of being more and more conformed to the image of God in the area of agape love, there is always, there will always remain a deeper work and revelation God desires and longs to reveal in us. So as we close this morning, I'm gonna offer an opportunity to have this prayer prayed over you this morning that Paul gives us in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I'm gonna invite you as we close in worship this morning just to kind of come up here along the front. We're gonna have anointing oil. We just wanna pray this prayer over you that Paul prayed in Ephesians three sixteen through 19 that he, God, would grant you. That's what we're asking. God, would you grant this? According to the riches of your glory, God, would you strengthen with power through the inner spirit, the inner man, your spirit, in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith and that they being rooted and grounded in love, that God, they're gonna begin to comprehend, they're gonna begin to understand with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God.
If this is your heart's desire this morning, as I'm reading that prayer, if you just feel like God is drawing you to be prayed for and anointed with oil this morning, as we kind of just begin uh, the uh, closing worship here this morning, we're just going to have you come. We're going to have people here that are going to pray for you. Prayers. If you are brought up to pray this morning, I have these words that I just read from Ephesians. Please, 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 pretty please. Pray this over the people. We had people that came last week that wanted to be prayed over for a very specific scripture. They were responding to that. And, and some of the prayers prayed other things over them other than what I felt the Spirit of God was leading us to be first and foremost in our prayers for. So this morning... Be led of the Spirit. Absolutely, if you feel there are additional things to pray with them, lead with this, and then let the Holy Spirit lead you in the rest of that praying. But I want to make sure if people are responding to this this morning, that you are praying a form. You don't have to do it word by word, but they should be able to walk away and say, that prayer was prayed over me this morning. Okay, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your power, your presence here this morning. God, one of the things that I believe you're really desiring to do here this morning. And God, that is, again, just to give us a deeper and a greater, a fuller and a richer revelation of your agape love. And Father, as we, again, just behold that as we receive that, as we apprehend that this morning by the power of the person of your Holy Spirit living within us, that, God, that self-revelation of your love to us this morning, it's just going to change. It's going to transform our hearts from glory to glory. That, God, it's going to make us more loving just as you are loving. So Father, I pray this morning for those hearts that you're moving in. For those this morning, Father, that just feel like that prayer is for me this morning. Father, I pray you'll just give them a boldness and a courage to just respond. To say, here I am, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up, God, so that I can just continue to be fuller and fuller of you. That, God, there would be more of you and less of me this morning. So, God, I just pray, Lord, by the power of the presence of your Holy Spirit, come and begin to just flow in power and the richness of your glory. And, God, just change us, transform us from glory to glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.